0: This is the Mouths of the South podcast. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. The official Dirty South soccer podcast. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Talking all things Atlanta United FC. Don't
1: nobody understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, man.
0: We are the Mouths of the South. The South got something to say. That's all I got to say. What's up, Atlanta? This is the Mouths of the South podcast brought to you by Dirty South soccer. I'm Eric Quintana. He's Sam Franco. Tyler Pilgrim. The new voice you're going to hear, uh, Josh is going to be taking, it looks like a hiatus for a, for a few weeks because because uh, of his schedule, but uh, glad to have Tyler Pilgrim, one of the newer faces to DSS, joining the Mouths of South. Tyler, what's going on, man? Yes, oh, guys, what's going on, man? But Tyler, introduce yourself. Tell us, hey, tell I us who you are. appreciate the
2: invite. Definitely appreciate the invite. Um, I'm the new guy. That's all I can say, you know, uh, but <laughs> I've been around. I've been following Atlanta United since Atlanta United been a thing, so I'm um, super excited to be here.
1: Yeah, definitely excited to have you joining us, Tyler, especially at a pretty exciting time for Atlanta United. You know, the we've kind of joked as, uh, you know, we were trying to figure out, I guess, our schedules and stuff. And then, you know, Josh going on his hiatus, but we've been pretty much off since the run of good form started. So, uh, which, some might be a, may which might be us. a bad
0: thing that we've we've, yeah, we've, I was started, say, we've started back up again here.
1: Yeah, we, we, we're doing a podcast, so the, the form might go back to being bad. And if that's the case, then we may have to reevaluate things. But, you know, in all seriousness, uh, the form's been great. Um, you know, big shout out to Valentino and his uh, interim stint uh, in charge of Atlanta United. And, and Gonzalo Pineda comes in to, I think, a much better – uh feeling around this team than than even valentino had when he took over for the ousted uh, gabriel heinz so it's certainly interesting and an interesting time for atlanta united you know a team uh you know a month ago uh we're like man you know the season's already over but after you know a few wins strung together here this team's making that push to try to get into the uh, into the playoff spots. And you know, if they keep this form up, they may end up uh, shooting all the way up and, and becoming one of the better teams in the East. But that's certainly a tall order for a team under a brand new manager. But hey, it's a lot better, and we're going to be a lot more positive on this episode than we have been uh, in recent times, especially under the now that the dark kind of Gabriel Heinze cloud seems to be, uh, have moved away.
0: It's it's funny because we do have to give a massive thank you to Rob Valentino. I don't know where he stacks, and I'm not sure this is thing, a thing that's like kept track of, uh, or that people keep track of. But where he stacks in terms of interim managers and in MLS, he's got to be in the tops. He's uh, especially, especially, sure. yeah, especially in recent history when you're talking about the way he's able to kind of transform this team the last few weeks from from you know even from me from and I still. I, I'm, I'm not fully converted on the, on you know, the whole, we should sell Barco ASAP. Uh, but I'm, I'm certainly the tide has turned in that mentality with, with, you know, with that mentality for me, at least where he's found Playing a way a to, better. he's found a way to unlock Barco to, to an extent. It's something that, uh, you know, Heinze couldn't do. It's something that uh, Frank DeVore couldn't figure out. And it's something that even not, not even uh, Tata Martino uh, fully knew how to do. Um, now, Part of that might have have been due to like immaturity from Barco, but the point is, Rob Valentino has figured out a way to get the best out of Barco, and that has opened up so much. And not just Barco; we were down on Moreno too. Uh, Marcelino Moreno was 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 not high on the on you know on the fans, you know, your awesome list. But he has found a way under Rob Valentino to turn around, and now you've got Pineda who's going to come in, having seen the last few weeks have have looked like um put maybe a little more structure to it put maybe a little more uh because because the one thing that hasn't i've noticed in the last few matches is that the you get moments where it's like oh yes this team looks great and then you get a lot of it's not consistent throughout the match there's a lot of low moments there's a lot of second halves that don't look like the first half there's a lot of uh maybe like the first 20 minutes look strong and then you know the the you know the rest of the half looks weak or it just doesn't look as strong
2: even Um, this dc game Right, you, know, you, you
0: saw you saw the first half. They looked relatively strong. They looked like they were gonna. It, it looked. It almost looked like this. The game was gonna not necessarily get out of hand, but that they were gonna be kind of in 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 more control over the game than, than they were, than they eventually did. But the second half rolled around, and you're thinking, okay, well, this is this is going to get better because I mean they they're not gonna come out of the se- well. You would think they wouldn't come out of the second half and kind of <laughs> uh you know at least not come out hungry to kind of put another goal in to put the game away. And the second half was maybe one of the, I don't know. It, it wasn't a great half under the, under the, uh, the, the Rob, the Rob Valentino. Era.
2: No, Brad, he was under siege.
0: Right. Yeah. It was, it, it was terrible. It was tough. 25 it, minutes. In, in, in all of that though, you did see a better Barco. You did see uh, an attack that seemed to be more potent than it had been, you know, this entire season for the most part. Um, you did see, uh, more chances, well, seemingly more chances created that uh, that that were 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 not kind of like de- desperation chances that were that were that were made desperation shots. Everything had a chance. Everything seemed to look like it was you know it, it could have you know either been a goal or, or turned the tide of the game somehow. It, it could have done something to kind of impact the momentum. It, it, it kind of you kind of felt like. Um, at times, this team was was figuring it out, uh, and so that'll be the challenge for Pineda is to come in and continue that. To I would say, put a little more structure into what Atlanta United is doing, whether it's formationally, whether it's tactically, whether it's um, maybe just a style of coaching that's uh, that that kind of helps elevate the the team to be to play more consistently throughout the match, as opposed to having these kind of lulls.
1: Yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I'll say this, too. You know, you look at the, the run of form, you know, here, we'll just look at the last four games. I mean, I guess technically they're, you know, undefeated in their last five if you go back to the Montreal game. But that was just, you know, certainly uh, its own uh, story there with a bunch of different things going on, the, the red cards and the hands on the throat and all that stuff. But but getting back into the the last four and the last four wins, you know, one thing you're definitely seeing is, you know, the the – solid play out of the back four solid play out of the defense and that's been obviously really important getting miles robinson back from the uh, copa america excuse me not copa america the uh, gold cup was huge and, and the influence he has on that back line but then just kind of the way that you know everybody really has been playing from from back to front has just been much more improved and and not only that but they seem to be playing much more of a uh, of a, a unified front so to speak there's not a i think there were a lot of times under gabriel heinz where we had talked about like it looked like you know 11 individuals out there uh you know not necessarily everybody really playing as that sort of solidified unit and they've definitely figured that out a little bit more uh, especially in these last uh, four or five games in terms of playing as a unit playing as as, as a team that is organized and I think that's something we've seen as well uh, a lot more organization and I think you know you're obviously getting Joseph Martinez getting back into form and I, I know that's one thing that people have said that we talked about you know a lot in the beginning of the season was well it's going to be about Joseph getting back in form it's going to be about Joseph getting back into form well things are cliche or you repeat them a lot or whatever because you know they're true and that was definitely true and you see Joseph Martinez obviously not at 100 percent yet but certainly playing much better and certainly um, getting back into that good form. So uh, all of these things that, that have happened for Atlanta United, you know, seemingly over overly positive. I, I would say that the the biggest drawback to Atlanta United right now is, and it's kind of something a lot of people have talked about for a while though, with, with you know, you look at the play of Brad Guzan in this kind of run of form and he's probably been, maybe the weakest of, of Atlanta United's kind of kind of players right now. And a lot of people are kind of looking at that. And, and so when I, when I bring up a little negativity here, it's why is Brad playing when we saw what uh, Alec Khan was doing in his absence playing so well. And it just brings up like kind of the biggest elephant in the room with Atlanta United right now is Brad Guzan's contract. I mean, obviously Barco and then what happens with him is always going to be like a big quote unquote elephant in the room. But he's playing well. Like, he's been but playing Barca, well. Exactly.
2: Marco's playing well.
1: Exactly. So, we're not talking about that. So, out. it feels like the big, like, kind of albatross around Atlanta United right now. And, and, look, they've won four games in a row. So, you can't really, like, complain too much. But it's this Brad Guzan. There, like, especially that goal he allowed against D.C. was there's, so there's, bad.
2: man. Oh, God.
1: It was so bad. And, and he, a keeper of that caliber and, like, a former, yeah. like, U.S. men's national team keeper should not be giving up that goal ever.
0: There's always going to be an aspect of of I wouldn't call it negativity, just criticism in, in the in just just in the fact that you're you're you know not every game is going to be 100 percent perfect all the time. And so, you know if you're looking you're looking for those moments where you know Brad Guzan does get caught off his line, um, isn't you know the entire team is effectively not paying attention to what's going on at, at the spot where the free kick is going to be taken, and and you know that turns into a goal. But they rebounded from that, um, so of it's course. it's it's not you know it, it's. Before this this run of good form, I would have not have counted on them being able to rebound because they couldn't score more than a goal. So you know it's right. it's you know it's it's uh, what, what we're seeing in these last four matches gives you a lot of hope going forward. They're they're one spot away from uh, from from being in a playoff spot, which I would not have thought we could have done, uh, or if we were going to do, we we're looking at possibly scratching the surface uh, of of that last playoff spot. Uh, but now you're talking about with with the new hope that you're seeing, you're talking about, uh, you know, potentially hosting a, uh, you know, a home playoff game because um, you're, you, you're not that far off. You look at the standings um, while Lane United might be in eighth, at 27 points, Orlando's in second with 34. So it's not like it's a crazy number to overcome with as many games as we have left. Uh, in the season. You're not going to catch New England. They're at 49 points. You're not going to catch them. So, supporter so shield, forget about that. I don't know if anyone's actually looking at <laughs> yeah, You not, just supporter like shield. But, Let, but, I, I just slowly roll here, man. I, I just say, like, talking like, about supporters, I, I don't, right? don't want to assume that everyone just knows the standings and knows where everyone's at. And now that they are in a good form, maybe they're like, oh, where are they in the standings? How far are they? Like, what are the possibilities? I think, oh, I think we're I, definitely
2: on like, we're at a team point at, at this point in the year, literally sitting at that line where, you know, like you go back to Brad Gazan and he, you know, lets this free kick in and he's kinda had this weird run of form. But if you think back, you know, the past couple of years when maybe not last year and admittedly maybe not twenty nineteen, but at least we were winning in twenty nineteen somewhat. Uh, you know, you have Brad who is he's making good saves. He's also, you know, having his mistakes here and there, but the difference is we're dominating teams back then and so maybe the, those things don't get highlighted as much
0: They get overlooked um, a little bit
2: you know when you're when you're looking at it i think brad and then this whole run that alec had back you know a few games back when he was when brad was on international duty uh it's i think a big difference in terms of seeing how uh how we play is in form, in forms of attacking you know we're we're always looking to you know have that attacking mindset that's what the club been you know, founded on that's what everybody wanted after Tata left. We bring in Frank DeBoer. We're still winning some, but it's just not fun to watch anymore. But we're right. also not winning by the margins that we were winning before. So, you know, over time you see Bragg is ending up with these situations where maybe he's not quite as uh the caliber that he was, you know, back in his his heyday when he was playing for the Premier League, you know, or or playing overseas. It's just uh I think it highlights some of the weaknesses that he may have, and that contract kind of, just like we've done with guys like Jurgen Dom and uh, you know Ezekiel Barco,
0: might be how might long be another, do we give him the chance. Another staple of of uh, Carlos Boganegra kind of kind of haven't been in charge of 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 that aspect of things because I mean you look at you look at I, look I don't know what the contract situation is for you know the other goalkeepers across MLS but you got to think that Brad Guzanz is, is is it's up there um, and. It's it doesn't seem worth it at this point. Just like Hein Heidman's contract doesn't seem worth it. Just like Jurgen Dam's contract doesn't seem worth it at this point. Uh, but look, I think the when issue with
1: Brad Guzan though, Rick, the, issue, the issue with Guzan is the fact that like you know you look at keeper play across the league and you you've allocated so much money and and right. like so if you're going to pay him that you know, much. Ever, he yeah. needs
0: to be you know Andre Blake or something like that. Some someone Absolutely. that's going to just absolutely show out every match where he Especially is Especially when you've got be, Alec
1: can on the bench playing as well as he was playing. I, what I will say is that
0: Alec look, and I, I don't want to do a big thing on keepers, but I, I don't, I think Alec had a couple of good games. I'm not saying he's a bad goalkeeper. I don't saying He's that far behind uh brag. I think um, you're saying that you've seen
1: enough of him to know what you're going to get long-term.
0: I think you're going to you're going to see moments where Alec can kind of does the things he does, and then you're going to see moments where Alec Khan looks like a second you know a, a second keeper. Uh, but I don't I don't necessarily think that that means that he's that far behind. I think he's a fantastic second keeper, and I think he could be um, uh, you know a starting goalkeeper somewhere else. I don't know that that's going to be here, and I I I, I think that eventually we would see why Alec isn't one, because the contract is so big with Brad and you got to start him. Uh, second, I think over time, you'd see, you'd see more clearly what with more consistent games, you'd see more clearly why he's not, you know, the, you you're starting 11 goalkeeper uh, for this team, at least at this point. I mean, could it be at some point, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Well, how I think the reason I to
1: wanted to look at the keepers like that so much was because, you know, we talk about the, the standings, like you were talking about the standings and it's like, okay, this team and, – and, and MLS – and this is something you'll learn uh, with the mouths of the south here, Tyler. But the, the, the things that can turn on a dime – the league table, that's something that can turn on a dime like that. And MLS, you're only a few games away from being like one of the worst teams in the league, becoming one of the hottest teams in the league. And that's what Atlanta United has certainly done here. They've they've done a lot of good work in, in climbing back up into a position where they're going to contend for a playoff spot – And that's something that, like I said earlier, like a month ago, I would have called you crazy for saying that. So the the league and and your kind of fortunes or standings or whatever within the league can change very quickly. So these games are going to start to get more and more important. And did Atlanta United beat D.C. even though Brad Guzan gave up that terrible goal? Absolutely. They got the win. That was what's most important. But as these games get further along in the season, and as that fight for a playoff spot, which is unique to MLS in terms of soccer, like nobody else is worrying about something like that, um, the games are going to get more important, and so those little things get amplified. So I think that's why you just, just obviously long term, yeah, you're not going to start, uh, you're not going to start Can over Guzan pretty much just because of how much money you're paying him. But as you get a little closer with a new coach like Pineda. Maybe that's something that, that that gets a little bit of a look, but
0: I don't know. Overall, I forget, oh, go ahead. I forget what his contract situation is, but I would, I would, I'd be willing to pass on Guzan whenever his contract is up. Absolutely, uh, and then yeah. go go find a young keeper. Go, I talked about this before. I, I I don't think Guzan's bad, but I think he lacks a certain.
1: Uh, I was really uh, hoping you were going to say Genes quoi. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he lacks a certain like like. This is, gonna be, this is gonna sound bad, but like a youthfulness, like he doesn't pounce on things. He's old. Like, <laughs> like he doesn't pounce on things <laughs> that uh, that you know that that younger goalkeepers, you know, are, are able to do. I guess I don't know diving further or, and or extending
2: give him for catching one with his tenders. Sure. Yeah. Because I mean, but like he's I, not, like, I'm not saying he's a
0: bad keeper. <laughs> they're old. They're really good old keepers. I think he's one of the better keepers in MOS, But uh, you know, I, I don't the know. Money. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that it's yeah. that good Now, line. I will
2: say this too, though. Um, that specific goal, he, we go back to Pineda coming in and trying to fine-tune things. I think it's obvious one of the things that need to be fine-tuned are set pieces. And oh, yeah. that goal was given up on a, just a just kind of a strange set piece. I mean, props to the goal, you know, I don't want to take away from that, but well, the, the, well, that was,
1: Guzan, it was a heads-up play by – by, and I forget yeah, the guy I, who scored the goal, but it's a very heads-up play to notice what Guzan is doing. And, again, right. Guzan does this a lot. Just barks at his back line. Like, he yeah. does that a lot. And that's something that in this instance obviously backfired on him. And I think he kind of has a little bit of a control freak kind of thing back there where he wants to, like, control, like, the back line, what they're doing. And it's like – in that instance, it's like, dude, you're barking at them. They, they know where they need to be. They should know positionally think, where they need to be. But I think I really, it's another great point that Tyler raises about set pieces – it's not just defending set pieces; it's executing set pieces. I really like, don't Landy think United is just bad at set pieces both yes, ways are.
0: around. I agree. I, I just I, I think that's more that's less on you know defensively or defending a set piece, and more on uh, Reina just ego challenging that moment. I guess. Oh yeah, like, and Yuzan being that, that, like,
1: yeah, he needs to get back. I was like, dude, you didn't need to be out there like barking at your – just get back. Like they, they know what they're doing. Because, I
0: mean, look, if that ball goes over the, over the bar, who cares? Like we never talk about it ever again. Right, like, ever again. It, it goes in. It's a great shot. It's a great moment. It's it's a great – it's a great uh, uh like heads-up play. I, I love – I love moments like that because it's like, well, you know, there's no rule against it. I don't play by, you know, the the – the traditional like uh, unwritten rule type of type of deals i love players like that and so you know raina pulling something off like that great good for him i love it i don't think it's anything again. i don't i don't i don't look at it like my my initial reaction was like oh, damn raina just schooled that moment but it wasn't i don't think it was anything against uh, or it, it, sure Elena i could have done better but i don't think it, that's something specific to Elena defending set pieces Well, we talk about audacity
1: a lot, and that was certainly a moment where a player showed some audacity. He's like, I'm just going to have a go. Why not?
0: I do love uh, the addition of of Luis Araujo. I I find him – How would you say that? You want to say that again? Luis Araujo. (laughs) (laughs) I find him – I think Toyota Football (laughs) says that he's got pity qualities to him. I guess the bad oh, people, that, so you
1: can't say that, man. That's like, that's, well, the thing is, like is, is PTSD, I, man.
0: I, I already see him as a better, better, a uh, better version of pity, but the, I think Not the, the pity, com- the pity comparison that he's talking about is the shots outside the box, which here's the difference I think between, at least that I've noticed in the, in the, in the two games we've seen him in uh, is that the shots aren't <laughs> nearly as far off as the, the, the common, blast from pity that would be up in the fourth row uh in any stage they so think they're a little more
1: composed
0: these are a little more uh, uh closer to to maybe hitting the target they're not well, that with, far with
1: pd
2: though it was almost like you know are you just so frustrated that you're just like i gotta take a shot and god help us maybe it'll go in <laughs> and but now audio is playing with you know at least somewhat of a free flow attacking team and he's taking shots that they do look good for the most yeah. part. I mean, he had one. I mean, look. Ones, they, I mean, but.
0: yeah. They're obviously not going in, but at least they're not. You know, at least you got to think about it for a second. You got to think that one of these is going to go in sooner rather than later. Maybe it's just a matter of him getting his, you know, kind of getting his legs, uh, you know, underneath him. You know, specifically with this team. Um, you love what you're seeing between. You know him, Barco, uh, Moreno, uh, Joseph. The way they're interacting with each other, they're not. You know, you know, they're not on top of each other. It seems like they're they're using the space that ahead of them really well. I think they complement each other pretty well right now. Um, I, I, you know, I, Moreno has been the the kind of the even more so than Barco. Uh, Moreno has been the bright star because I I honestly thought Moreno might be another Barco. Another instance where we you know we bring someone over, we expect great things and uh uh he just doesn't show up and he has in a very in, in in much quicker time than than barco shown that he can kind of turn it around uh you know relatively quickly and if barco keeps up you know the form he's on now then we're looking at potentially really climbing up the table here and and uh that's what excites me and that's something i didn't think was possible Going into these last four matches, I didn't think we were going to look at this team now and go, you know what? There's a chance that we might be, you know, looking at a legit playoff spot here. Not just going into the playoff spot, but again, like most people are talking about now, it's like, well, now the goal is to host as many home games as you can, at least one. Yeah, uh, I gotta you know. give
1: uh, I gotta give Kevin Egan some credit for that BAM uh, acronym he came up with <laughs> the other day. Uh, you know, I was everybody wondering
2: how long it was going to take to be a thing.
1: Yeah, I'm, it I'm hoping. Like yeah. It's, I mean, it, it's pretty cool, you know. It's like you know, it's it got is. the whole emerald kind of bam vibe to it. But yeah, I mean, you got like Barco, um, you know, Marcelino and Martinez. I mean, if uh, if they if those four really continue to run a form that collectively the four of them have been on it, and, and look, Ojo, you know, we haven't seen too much of him, but from what we have seen, it's looked pretty good. So you know, if they can continue to mesh as a, as a unit, as a as a front four, so to speak, and get better then yeah i think the sky's the limit for what this team can do because you know there aren't many teams in mls that have you know a a front four uh so to speak that's that you know scary in, and you in could theory. include so, and you
0: could include the you know front four specifically but you can also include uh uh george bello you can also include oh, Bruce, yeah. brooks, brooks lennon it's they're all really part concerned. of the attack oh so. for sure but i think that what you're seeing, and i love what at least on on paper, you're looking at uh, what each of these players can do. You look at a guy like Jose Martinez, where he can you know make those those tight runs, get into goal. You take the goalkeeper on one on, one on one. Um, you've that's got, where he's
1: going to be the most dangerous. Is you've once got you're Moreno him going yeah, exactly. at the back line like that. You've got
0: Moreno and Araujo who who you know are seem to like taking shots from outside the box. So you know you you've got defenders who are going to have to step out. So the thing with Pity is that you were fine with him taking a shot from outside the box because. One in twenty, we're gonna go in. Exactly. But it it's seems that. like Moreno and Araujo—they're they're more likely to hit those, you know, one out of ten times.
1: So you. And Barco as well when he when he wants to have a go from out there. Sure, but Barco. Sure but,
0: but the thing I like about Barco is that he kind of splits the difference, and he's uh, between you know Joseph and then and then Moreno and Araujo, and maybe that. Uh, this is how I look at it. At least you've got Barco, who's able to kind of uh, create these, you know, move in tight spaces. At least he's doing a better job of it now. He's he's able to find these passes. Um, he's moving – he's he's making runs that I don't think we saw much of in the past. He seems much more free-flowing. Um, he doesn't seem to be, you know, getting the ball and immediately looking to draw a foul, uh, which was an annoyance of mine. Uh, and then you look at the way that he's able to kind of uh, play with, with specifically Bello, because I think more, more often than not he's on that left side, uh, how he's able to kind of interchange with him. Uh, it, it just looks like this team is – on the verge of just kind of unlocking something pretty great, at least for you know for for you know the second half of this season. Yeah, um, it, it'll be it'll be nice to see how you know the rest of the season plays out, especially how it, with how it started and how we were, you know, really looking like this season was going to be another you know twenty twenty in terms walk. of production, in terms of you know how fun it was to watch the whole deal.
2: And you've got a front four too that I think is going to they're going to show out in the sense that you've got you've got everybody who can not only skate by one-on-one, but the link-up play that we've seen just in the short time that they've all been really back together. I mean, you know, we've only had, what, two or three games where our our Barco and Martinez have actually really had time yeah. together with Martinez being gone, Barco being gone. And, you know, now that they're all kind of working together, getting back as a cohesive unit, and then you bring in Araujo, who – we've seen him literally skate across the field, you know, both directions really Uh, you're going to start asking questions of defenders for them to either sit back and just take the punches or come out and actually try to defend. And our front four has the ability to, to kind of battle against both of those. They've got the ability to take those shots from out at a distance and they've got the ability to, to do the link up play to just skate by that last little bit of defense and score goals. I mean, and that's where Joseph is so deadly. Um, so when you've got the ball in Moreno or Arrojo's hands, you know, or feet rather uh, you're, you're going to end up having, mm-hmm. a, I think a, a more spread out back line of the defense and, you know, who knows what we'll see and who know who knows what Pineda will bring. But uh, I'm I'm curious about his tactics with those back four because he seems super excited about it, just like the rest of the fan base is. So
0: I don't see him changing much. I, I also no. I also feel like he's going to continue to ask Moreno to kind of drop back, uh, drop deeper into that midfield to kind of uh, to kind of be able to you know start things up from a deeper deeper part of the field, um, which I think has been what has helped change and kind of like open up. Things for for you know for Barco for 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 Adoujo for for Joseph. Um, oh, it's a free for reign too, though. Like you talk right, about, yeah, like it, you mean, a
1: manager's not like over managing. Like I think the biggest problem we had with Barco, kind of up to this point, has been managers have tried to overmanage him, especially Frank De Boer and Gabriel Heinze. It felt like the focus was too much. Like you do, you need to do this, 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 this. Players like Barco and Moreno, I think, especially under Rob Valentino, where he was kind of you know he's the interim manager, so he what's he got to lose? He kind of let them do what they wanted to do in the yeah. attack. And I think that is what, if, when you, when you try to overmanage and put too much on creative players like that, they may get in their head and, and, and not be as like free flowing. But now that you've seen sort of the interim manager play, you've seen Moreno and Barco in particular sort of play more freely. And that has obviously been a big help. So if you're Gonzalo Pineda, I think that's one thing you need to, to look at, at least and learn from what Rob Valentino's like time as a manager was it's, Hey, maybe I don't restrict them too much. And sort of allow them to, to to create in the attack and this and, team and create what they want to do.
2: This team since 2019, really since the end of the Tata era, if you really look back at the the opportunities that we've had to kind of come in and have a head coach make a change, and they come in with this like strict style that FDB and Heinz did, the players you can see it, but they just don't. They're just not clicking. And when you open it up and let them just play, every time that that's happened something something good's happened i mean you think back to like the first game of the champions league in 2019 we got killed down in mexico and then uh, i think it was Herediano comes up here and we it it seemed like the team kind of just said hey this is not working let's just go and play like we did you know a couple months ago in the mls cup and they won four nothing so
0: before you know. before it seemed like they were running plays now it seems like they're just out there and just playing having fun yeah, yeah they're you're just right. having it, fun 100 um we're gonna watch the it'll be easy it'll be fun to see what what Luis Araujo kind of turns into as we see more of him specifically with this front four um not really looking forward to the all-star game tonight my analysis no. whether uh MLS wins uh, or not is the same did Miles Robinson get hurt did George Bellow get hurt? If they did, then the MLS is, MLS All Star Game is this stupid. All all Star games are stupid. <laughs> and if they didn't get hurt, I still think MLS All Star Game is stupid. And all all star games are stupid. Yeah, I uh think great great for them that they great for them that they got the award. Great for them that they got the notor- the the notoriety. But to actually send them out in a meaningless game that tells you nothing about anything, uh seems pretty dumb in my book. But whatever. I am into know, that.
1: Uh, I agree. I I wouldn't expect
0: many people to watch. I don't think people care as much as MLS wants you to think they care. But uh, I certainly don't. I'll watch because Miles Robinson, George Bellow, But my analysis: win or lose, win by ten, lose by ten, I doesn't matter to me. I don't care. Now to me, it's the same. All right, that does it for us, uh, Tyler. Thank you for joining us this thank week, you very uh, much. Sam. Always fun to see your face. Of course. And uh, until next time, see you later, Atlanta.
1: See yep. ya!